Whitehead drives to the hole. Hangs and what? Isaiah Whitehead ties it up at 67. Outlet pass. Archidiakono front court slips. Fires and that's it. The Seton Hall Pirates defeat Villanova 69-67. And for the first time in 23 years, they're Big East Tournament champion. For the latest in Seton Hall basketball and Seton Hall athletics, this is Courtside Pirates with Chris Pazes. Miles Powell gives Seton Hall the lead with 1.1 second to go. What a shot by Miles Powell. Thompson shows it. Kale steps back, lets it fly. Pyong! Miles Kale, 84-83. And Seton Hall knocks off the number nine team in the nation. 84-83. What a win for the Pirates. This weekly podcast will recap every men's basketball game throughout the Pirates season. Pow! From Trenton! What Trenton makes, the world takes! With special guests along the way, Courtside Pirates will dive into the Pirates season after every game, giving you my thoughts and opinions as Seton Hall looks to return to the NCAA tournament. McKnight will inbound. Pow! They throw it up the Mamo! This is Courtside Pirates with Chris Pazes. And what a difference a week can make for the Seton Hall Pirates. I'll tell you right now, this is exactly the type of week Seton Hall needed. Not would have been nice, but needed. After heartbreaking losses to Creighton, to Villanova twice, you needed as a program to right the ship. And the Pirates did that on the road against Providence, and on the road against UConn. It was a big week for the Pirates, and they did it in ways that have been haunting them recently. They've done it with their defense now. Their defense stepped up. In fact, their defense against Providence was a historical performance. Coach Willard got his 200th win in that game, and the Pirates continued their success at UConn with their first game back against the Huskies since 2013, getting a huge road win going into their week off. It's a big week for the Pirates. This, this is an exciting, exciting moment for Seton Hall because you now know that when the game and the season is on the line, you have two seniors who can step up. Now they need to do it consistently, game in and game out the rest of the way. Sandra Mamoukalashvili, Miles Kale stepped up. All the pressure they have on them, they got it done in different ways, but they did it on the score sheet and they did it on the court. They did not let what happened the last week affect them coming into this week. And I give Coach Willard all the credit in the world for pushing the right buttons for this team. He got it right. And the team benefited from that. And now they're off a week before they play on Valentine's Day against Marquette at home. This is a great time now for the Pirates to recharge and go into this bye week mentally and physically healthy. That is the most important thing for this program at the halfway point in February. I don't think people realize how important these two games actually were, both from a standing perspective and also from a committee perspective for the NCAA tournament. 
They did not have good wins on their resume right now. They really just, they don't. They needed these two games, and they got them. This is going to be an exciting episode. As you can tell, we're going to be talking a lot about the game against Providence and against UConn. Unfortunately, though, the Seen Hall women's team, just a quick update for them. They had a game scheduled against DePaul for this past Thursday, but was postponed due to return to play protocols. So the Lady Pirates will return to action this coming week, playing at Georgetown today, followed by February 10th at UConn, which is my birthday. So I'm very excited, and hopefully they can pull off the upset against UConn. And versus Creighton on February 13th, which is my dad's birthday. So happy early birthday, Dad. Hopefully we can get the Lady Pirates a win on that day as well. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and follow along on Twitter at Paisis. That's at P-A-I-Z-I-S for updates and new episode announcements. Above all, I would love to hear from you. Send over some questions on Twitter that may be answered on the next episode. Head coach Kevin Willard earned his 200th career win at Seen Hall, joining an exclusive group of 200-win coaches at the university, including P.J. Carlissimo, who has 212 wins, and Honey Russell, who has 294. It was a great game for the Pirates. This was a huge game for the Pirates, and I, I, and I guarantee you Coach Willard would much rather have the win and not worry about him having 200 career wins now at the, at the university. They needed this game. He knew how bad emotionally draining this game was for the Pirates after what happened against Villanova twice, what happened against Creighton. They needed this game. And after three gut-punching defeats and deflating losses against Villanova and home against Creighton and Villanova again, in such a quick turnaround, by the way, Coach Willard challenged his team, and he really got after them the days following the home loss to Villanova, and it worked. As Coach Willard got a defensive performance for the record books, allowing just 43 points in the 60-43 to win at Providence. And that is the fewest points Seen Hall has ever allowed in a Big East Conference game. Not the fewest that they've ever allowed against a Big East opponent. They have done twice better, giving up 42 points and 40 points in the Big East tournament. But in a conference game, this is the fewest points Seen Hall has ever allowed. 43 points. Just think about that. A week ago, I was howling at the fact that Seen Hall can't play defense. And they haven't been able to. And that's fair, and Coach Willard would be the first to say that. But 43 points, they shut any naysayers up, including myself. Seton Hall needed this win. They needed it. They are desperate for quality wins, especially on the road, and need to get as many good wins as they can for the net rankings. Seton Hall giving up only 43 points on the road at Providence, while it isn't an incredible offensive display or a marquee win, it is an efficient and valuable win in the eyes of the NET, which they will certainly look at. Coach Willard said he got on Mamu the hardest following the Villanova loss and felt against the Friars it was his best game all season. I could totally get why Coach Willard is putting so much emphasis on what Mamu did in the game because he did lead the team. But I will say, I personally think the difference maker, especially in the second half, was Ike Biagu, And he deserves a ton of credit for the incredible job he did on Nate Watson in the second half. He kept the Providence Friars at bay. And looking down the stat sheet, you know, you look at what Sandro Mamukelishvili did, and he really had a good game. He 35 minutes on the court, almost 36 minutes, 8 for 16 from the floor with 2 for 5 from 3. He was 2 for 2 from the line, 7 total rebounds, which is tied for the most with Jared Roden. But he had 20 points, and those 20 points led all scores. No surprise there, as he basically had half the amount of points that Providence had in total. He did have also 3 assists, so very good game all around from Sandro Mamukalashvili. I was very impressed with what he, he did. 
I really was. I think he he needed this game. The team needed a game like this from him. You know, and that's the difference in these games is getting your guy going. They needed to get him going, and they did. I touched upon Ike Obiagu just now, and going down his look, while he only had two points, he made some huge defensive stops, and it won't show up on the stat sheet. Again, he only had three rebounds and two blocks, but the way he was playing down low was impeccable. They scored 43 points. 43. That is directly related to his type of defense that he had. So give him credit because he really did well. And they needed a big game out of him because he's been quiet. Then looking at Jared Roden, while he had a good rebounding performance with seven, which is tied with Sandra, as I mentioned, he had two points. And I think he's been in a funk. In 33 minutes, he was one for eight from the floor, 0 for four from three. Did not make any free throw attempts, but he is struggling. I think it comes down to it being the grind of the season. Jared Roden is getting good looks, but they're just not dropping. And they will. They, they, it's impossible that it's not going to. He is playing at the level where he's getting open looks. They're just not falling. So he's not crisp right now as where he needs to be. And then there's Miles Kale, who arguably had the best overall game, in my opinion. Miles Kale showed up again. Seven for 14 from the floor in 35 minutes. One for six from three. Not great, but the team struggled overall from three. Four for five from the line. 19 total points. Only committed one foul. And when are we going to start really appreciating what Miles Kale has been in Biggie's play? He is doing a phenomenal job, but he has really just been a fantastic, all Biggie's worthy player this season. He just has. I, I go back to what Jared Roden did with that steal and the Kale dunk, which was just an incredible, impactful moment on the road for the Pirates. They needed a moment like that going into a timeout. Miles Kale showed up. Sandro Mamukalashvili showed up. And then that play where Shavar Reynolds made an incredible pass to Miles Kale for a three. People were talking about the three that Miles Kale made. Yes, it was great. But Shavar drove into the lane, and as it closed up under the basket with three defenders surrounding him, he made the instinctive no-look spinning pass to a wide-open Kale on the right side of the perimeter for a dagger of a three that gave the Pirates a 42-35 to lead with 11.30 remaining in the game. That was the statement moment in that game. It was a huge shot by Kale, and it was even more impressive pass from the senior point guard, Shavar Reynolds. Kale will get all the credit, like I said, in the highlight reel, but that play by Shavar Reynolds was just fantastic with him showing some flash. But let's talk defense, which has tormented the Pirates' last three games. Tormented them. Their performance has been embarrassing and very uncharacteristic of a Coach Willard team. And well, the Pirates corrected that. The Hall held Providence to just three points in the final six minutes and 30 seconds of the game and limited Providence to 17 made field goals, 34% and only six made threes while forcing 16 turnovers and scoring 20 points off those turnovers. 16 Friars turnovers resulting in 20 points off turnovers for the Pirates. There you have it. That's the game. It's as simple as that. Incredible defensive takeaways throughout the game resulting in key offensive opportunities that were executed. The Pirates won by 17. The Friars' inability to hold on to the ball gave the Pirates a decisive win. Now, the Pirates still need to figure out their offense. They shot just 39% for the game and 17% from three. And talking about threes, the Pirates missed their first 16 three-point attempts before rebounding to make four of their last eight. 
fun fact from Shoe Athletics is that Seton Hall has now made a three-pointer in 391 straight games, dating back to 2009. And that was the year I was a freshman at Seton Hall and fresh in the trenches at WSOU with the sports department. It's a long stretch, to say the least. The Pirates improved to 10-8 and overall and 7-5 and in Big East to avoid that 500 record with the win. And the Pirates improved to 2-0 in games played at Alumni Hall with the first win coming in 2018, which you may remember as the rain delay game, which took two days and cost Desi Rodriguez an injury. So Coach Kevin Willard earns his 200th win in a must-win game to right the ship heading into a major test against Dan Hurley and the UConn Huskies, who the Pirates faced for the first time since 2013. But give the Pirates credit. They started the week strong before heading to Gampa Pavilion in stores, Connecticut. Before the season started, I had forgotten how much I actually hate UConn while I was in college and until they left the conference in 2013. I'll be honest, I completely forgot. Interacting with Coach Calhoun while I was at WSU was never enjoyable. And while their fans are dedicated and very well-traveling fans, especially at the Big East tournament, they are a nightmare to be around when the game starts, an absolute nightmare. And it's not just men's basketball, but also the dominance of the Lady Huskies. And this trickles down to their Olympic sports as well. Anytime I was calling a game against the Huskies, be it baseball or even soccer, I always wanted the Pirates to simply crush them. Now they return to the Big East and officially will play each other again. And here I am remembering my distaste. And this game has multiple layers of storylines, from Dan Hurley competing against his university once again, the first game against the Huskies since 2013, the return to Storrs, Connecticut, and the need to have a quality quad one win. There's a lot of emotion coming into this Saturday afternoon nationally televised game. And last time the Pirates faced UConn was on my birthday my senior year, February 10th, 2013, in a 78-67 loss where the Pirates were up 35-34 at half, and I remember that game very well. I was miserable by the time the game ended, and I left on my 22nd birthday. Aaron Cosby returned to the lineup after his little meltdown where he quit the team but then didn't quit to deliver a career-high 25 points to lead all scorers. And Fuquan Edwin, who had an ankle injury, scored 19 points and had five steals. Pirates have come a long way since Aaron Cosby and Brian Oliver, let me tell you. Little did we know then that a few months later, the Huskies and several other teams would leave the Big East and the new Big East Conference would form. UConn and the other schools seeking greener pastures for football should have stayed away. You want to go do that? Go ahead. The Big East was left behind in the absolute dark to try to fill this void and uncertainty of what the conference would be. And guess what? The conference has not thrived any possibly more than it could have. Led, of course, by Villanova winning two national championships and the quality additions of Creighton, Butler, and Xavier. Plus Seton Hall having a resurgence of a program on the national level. So as you could guess, I have no interest in UConn and their pitiful state school football program returning to the Big East. Is the name UConn good for the Big East? Of course it is. They drive a national audience and a respect for basketball. But the conference has done just fine without them, being arguably the best conference top to bottom year in and year out. There's clearly, in my opinion, no love lost for the Huskies. I personally have no interest in thinking about them, but that does not change the current situation. The Pirates traveling to Storrs, Connecticut to face the Huskies once again in Big East play as original charter school members of the conference. Coach Willard, who has made his opinion clear on the return of UConn as well, versus Dan Hurley. Seen Hall versus UConn. Brian Custer was on the call, though. And a new streak would begin for Brian Custer as the Seen Hall Pirates won a back-and-forth contest 
And the Pirates overall, though, did control the game for the most part in the 80-73 win in their return to the Gamble Pavilion. And beyond that, this was Seton Hall's first win at either UConn's home venues since 1997 and their first win at the Gamble Pavilion since 1992. In fact, the Pirates are now 12-4 in their last 16 Big East road games dating back to last season, and the program has the second-most conference road wins in the league dating back to the 2015-2016 season with 27. A great overall arching story for what Seton Hall is doing in this last week. This is a game the Pirates needed to win. There was a lot riding on it emotionally. Coach Willard, he might have backtracked a little bit and said how good it is for the Big East Conference to have UConn in it. We know his real opinion, I think. I think you could read between the lines and kind of gain what he's feeling about them being in the conference, but that's fine. But Seton Hall in this game shot 50% from the game. 22 for 44 with 50% from three, nine for 18, and 87% from the free throw line, 27 for 31. The 27 made free throws were the second most of the season for the Pirates and most in a Big East game. Connecticut could not stop them defensively. Connecticut shot 48% overall, 32% from three, and 84% from the line. But the Pirates out-rebounded the Huskies 28-23. to And the Huskies did use eight offensive rebounds to generate 13 second-chance points compared to the Hall's eight, but it wasn't enough. That, that wasn't enough against the Pirates on this day. And the difference? The Pirates had an edge in fast-break points, 16-9. to There are two players, though, on UConn I want to discuss for various different reasons. One is R.J. Cole the guard from Union, New Jersey. Let me tell you something about that man. If you watched him on the court, tell me he did not look like Miles Powell. The hairdo, the beard, the tattoos, the body performance, the way he drives the lane, the smile when he makes a basket. I mean, that guy is Miles Powell 2.0. Now, maybe he's not as good of a player as Miles Powell, but physically, that guy is Miles Powell. I, I, it was getting me so weirdly happy seeing someone on the court that looked like Miles Powell. The other Husky I want to discuss is Adama Sonogo, who many Pirates fans will know is a player that was highly recruited by Seton Hall. The Pirates are one of the final teams for Sonogo's services, and the freshman, let me tell you something about him. He is going to be a good player. My only hope is that he doesn't stay for all four years at UConn and he gets drafted early. He put up 12 points against the Pirates, but I'll tell you what, Sonogo's got talent, and he is a big dude. When I saw him match up with Ike, which Ike did his, his job against him overall, that was not much of a difference in terms of size. Sonogo's going to be a good player. I'm disappointed Seen Hall didn't get Sonogo. I was disappointed then, but now seeing him play live in a Big East game, he is a prototypical big man for Big East basketball. But let's go back to the Pirates. The Pirates needed to get answers and make a consistent resume-building streak. They've done that. They beat Providence. They now beat UConn. They have a week off before they play home against Marquette. This is what they needed. Jared Roden came back from only having two points to score 11. Just under 30 minutes. He played 29 minutes. I think he did better. He was four for nine from the floor, one for three from three, and two for two from the line. He needed a good bounce back game. He did have three assists, tied for second most on the team with Shavar Reynolds. Good overall game by Jared Roden. But then you look at the seniors, and it's clear, guys. This is the team. This team is built on Sandro Mamukelsvili and Miles Kale. If they are both on, the Pirates will win the game. If they aren't, the Pirates will lose. One caveat is this is the Pirates' second win where they've allowed over 70 points in a game this season. They allowed 73, but the Pirates scored 80. 
And really, even when UConn were going on their little spurts and runs, 7-0 runs, 8-0 runs, I didn't feel like the Pirates were going to lose the game. I just didn't. Because the Pirates were able to get that big shot. They were able to cut the bleeding as quick as they could on the court. And I give the Pirates credit because it started with Mamu Kelly's It started with Miles Kale. Bryce Aiken had nine points off the bench. And I, I don't know how to gauge what Bryce Aiken is doing. He's still coming back from the injury. Now the second injury, that is. And I'm not seeing that he is warranted being on the court for extended minutes, but he needs to get going. So you're in that tough position where you need to get him minutes, but then you also don't want to take away minutes from a guy like Shavar Reynolds when he's on. But Shavar Reynolds did not have a great game. He had four turnovers, and he really struggled to handle the ball in this game against the Huskies, which led to Bryce Aiken needing to play more. But Aiken himself also had two turnovers, and one of them was just a horrible play. But, you know, everyone has those moments. But I think the overall message of this game coming out of it is the Pirates needed to win both games. They put the pressure on themselves in practice. Coach Willard got on his seniors, and they all delivered. Simple as that. The Pirates got the win they needed in the worst way. You know, the one thing I will say is UConn's bench did really well. They scored 32 points compared to Seen Hall 17, and that's obviously been something that Seen Hall has not had this year is consistent scoring from the bench. I mean, Aiken had nine, Samuel had six, and Molson had two. You're just not going to get those types of performances game in and game out if you're not getting those guys minutes and also getting those guys the opportunity to score. But I think Takal Molson had a good game. He made real, two really good assists for, for points. So I'm happy with where the team is right now. I'm more happy with the fact that they have two big road wins out of the way before they have a week off now and play Marquette at home. That is the key right now. They needed this game. They needed this game, and they also needed to figure out a way to avoid the whole UConn's back, Dan Hurley, blah, 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 blah. I'm very happy with the Pirates getting this win. I'm a little biased because I do not like UConn at all. So this game kind of gives me a little extra oomph to it. I, I, like, I like this type of win because it sticks it to the Huskies. And this was also a big win for the standings. And when you're looking at the Big East Conference schedule now, which we're going to start doing more on courtside Pirates because the season is kind of coming into fruition towards the tail end before conference play ends and the tournament begins, Seton Hall needed these games. Villanova's currently in first with a 6-1 conference record, which 6-1, guys, can we play some more games, please? I mean, come on. Creighton at 10-4. Xavier at 4-2. Then you have the Pirates at 8-5. UConn at 5-4. St. John's at 7-6, and six, who I will tell you right now, I am very nervous about playing St. John's, home and away. It's always a tough matchup with the Johnnies, but the way they are playing right now terrifies me for the Seen Hall Pirates. Terrifies me. I do not want to play St. John's right now. Behind St. John's is Marquette, who the Pirates will play on Valentine's Day. Then Providence, Butler, Georgetown, DePaul. That's why these games were so important. UConn was ahead of the Pirates before the game. Providence is in the bottom half of the conference. Technically, it'd be a bad loss. They're 9-10 and 10 overall. And UConn at 8-4 and four now, you go ahead of them in the standings. That was big. So it's going to be very interesting to see if the Pirates can maintain that top three finish. You know, the Pirates since 2015, 2016 have finished third in the conference every year in terms of the standings. Minus last year where they were a triple co-champions. This is, this is a... Fun time for college basketball. I love the stretch in February before Big East play. It is where every game matters. Every game 
can be the difference in your make or break a season of making the NCAA tournament. And the Pirates now are in a position where they know they need to find a way not only to win, but win efficiently, win effectively, and get decisive wins home and on the road. They don't have a lot of chances left, but if they continue on this pace, the Pirates will be back dancing in March. This brings us to our closing segment, Courtside Perspective. Two hundred victories at Seton Hall. That is the claim that Coach Willard has, and technically, it's two hundred and one victories now. And in that time period, you think about two hundred and one wins, and you try to think about the memories and the wins that were most impactful for you as a fan and as a broadcaster. And for myself, I think about a couple key games that obviously stand out. Um, you know, there's been a lot of highs and a lot of lows during Coach Willard's tenure learning how to develop a program and a culture that was going to be winning both on and off the court, staying out of trouble, dealing with getting the baggage that came with Bobby Gonzalez and having to reinvent yourself and establish a culture that you wanted to have at Scene Hall. And in 11 seasons, Coach Willard has done that better than anyone I think could have. But I think about what are my top five favorite wins of Seton Hall and Coach Willard? You know, sometimes you think about Coach Willard, you think about games where he clearly made a difference. But there's five games to me that will always stand out. And when I think about everything that kind of went on with the Pirates, these five games to me are the difference in what makes the Pirates be what they've been the last couple of years. First is Scene Hall versus Kentucky at Madison Square Garden. I mean, if anyone who was there knows the atmosphere that that place was. Miles Powell hits a shot a massive three with seconds left in the game, only for Kentucky to tie the game and go to overtime before Miles Kale hit the game-winning three, and the Pirates walked out of MSG with a huge victory. Second, I think about the Shavar Reynolds game. Seton Hall versus St. John's at the Prudential Center. I was in the second row for that game, and I just remember everyone going berserk when Shavar Reynolds hit that shot. It was just an incredible moment, and it was so loud, and such a huge win for the Pirates. St. John's was undefeated at that point in the season. It was just a great win for Seton Hall. I then think about my favorite game from last season, which I was able to go to with my girlfriend and her family, and, and that is the Seton Hall at Villanova game. It took 26 years for Seton Hall to win a road game against Villanova, and sure enough, they did it the year that Miles Powell, Romero Gill, and Quincy McKnight were seniors in a huge game and a huge win before COVID-19 shut the world down. That game to me will always be something that's very special. And then I go to the game against Marquette where Seen Hall didn't play well at all. And they went on an absolute insane stretch. They scored like 15 to 18 of the final points in the game. And Miles Powell was an absolute monster. Marcus Howard was shut down. And I've never heard the Prudential Center as loud as that ever, ever. That game was deafening. Seen Hall did not play well. And they found a way to come back, fight, and win. That was huge for the Pirates. And finally, Seton Hall versus Villanova, 2016 Big East Championship. How, how could that not be the top moment for Coach Willard and his career so far at Seton Hall? Seton Hall came into that year with so much uncertainty after what happened the year prior during Whitehead, Delgado, Desi's-ish, Kadeen's freshman year. When there was trouble between Cena and Gibbs and the rest of the team, they came out in one of the greatest Big East games ever, 
in one of the best Big East championship games ever. Seen Hall finally gets back on top of the conference and wins. Isaiah Whitehead steals the show. That, to me, will always be one of the most defining moments of Coach Willard's career at Seton Hall. And rightfully so, it was a great moment. And I know there's more to come, and I hope that Seton Hall can continue to maintain the success with Coach Willard and that Coach Willard continues to be a part of this program moving forward beyond this year, beyond next year, and for the years to come. He should be our Jay Wright. He should be our Jay Wright. 20 years at a program. 30 years at a program, establish a winning culture. He should be our all-time winning coach by the time he retires or moves on from Seton Hall. Seton Hall will do itself a disservice if they get rid of Coach Willard and his staff. And with that, this episode does come to a close. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, and search Courtside Pirates with Chris Pazes. Also, feel free to follow me on Twitter at Pazes and let me know what you thought about this episode. The next episode will go live on Monday, February 15th, following Seton Hall's home game against Marquette. Again, my name is Chris Pazes. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time on Courtside Pirates.